0: So if you're a partner and you're supporting a bunch of different Business Central customers, you can have your own company hub and have your list of customers right there and be able to access that environment quickly. The only thing that we noticed so far is that your login has to pretty much be the same throughout. Hey everyone, it's October and you know what that means? No, not that Pumpkin Spice Lattes are back. It means Business Central Release Wave 2 updates have begun rolling out. Therefore, we've got some exciting news to share with you this month. We've also tried out and want to share our thoughts on the Business Central Company Hub extension that is included in the latest release. And we'll be discussing Business Central's email logging capabilities. So in the words of Roy T. Bennett, the beginning is always now. Let's get started.
1: Over 200,000 businesses running this oh, on the fat top tar- or Fanta, what did I say, Flat. Sorry. <laughs> if any of the operations that you're doing require the use of an outside processor, or subcontract vendor, mm-hmm. that is not supported with assembly. Don't be afraid to talk to your partner today, we're drinking Arrogant Bastard Ale. Oh ho ho. I wanna know why uh, Jim picked this beer over the other one. Because
0: I really think it resembled, you know, my personality more <laughs> than anything else.
1: Level three, Knuckles has been dispatched. <laughs> He's on his way. Yeah.
0: I think one of the benefits and detriments all at the same time is the visibility that it gave us into our actual data.
1: Welcome to another edition of A Shot of Business Central and a Beer.
0: Michael and Trevor Tolo and Ken Sebahar back for another episode of A Shot of Business Central and a Beer. And today's beer is Dynamo Copper Lager. I don't know if I'm saying it right. could be saying it wrong. But it's made by Metropolitan Brewing. So let's pop these suckers open and see what kind of a first impression it has on us. What do you so, think, Ken?
1: Uh, hey, Michael. I'm doing, doing good. Glad to be back. Um, you know, it, it tastes like a copper lager to me.
0: Yeah? I'll tell you what, it smells pretty good.
1: I'm curious, though, as you take your first sip, uh, my first question for you of the day is, which word there do you think you're pronouncing incorrectly? Dynamo, copper, or lager? Probably Dynamo. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it is. It is a. It's a logger. Um, first of all, you know, we always do a little bit of research when we go to g- grab these beers. Yeah. And uh, the, their website sucks. <laughs> I think we established that
0: for the background so far. Yeah, right. it's pretty bad. <laughs> so what?
1: Who is who is Metropolitan Brewing? Not a whole lot of details. Yes, your guess is as good as ours. Yeah. <laughs> So in and in we're going we're hitting the ground running today, Michael. All right. So you know uh, this is a, a copper logger. We're gonna hit hit the stump, Michael. Question. Let's have it right out of the gate. Which and I, I gave you a kind of a true false here. Kind yeah. Of, a, a or B option. So which of the which statement is true? A pilsner is always a logger, or a logger is always a pilsner.
0: So I think I guessed earlier that. Uh... What, I guess a lager is always a pilsner?
1: That is what you guessed. And am I wrong? You were wrong. So a pilsner is always a lager? Yes. A pilsner is a type of lager. Really? Yeah. A lager is... Uh, yeah, it just has to do with some subtle differences, but uh, lagers are beers that, ferment, that are fermented slowly at low temperatures, mm-hmm. also from the bottom up.
0: I'll be honest, this is probably the first lager that I've ever bought. And it's not bad. And the reason why I bought it, I figured when I bought it, it, was last Sunday. The temperature dropped 10 degrees colder. I was like, all right, let's just go with something a little bit more heavier or, or whatnot and, and, and give it a shot.
1: It is. As we head into October here, this is a, this is a good fall beer. Yeah, it's not bad. It definitely
0: it is. is. So Metropolitan Brewing, what I got is uh, they're brewing German-style lager in Chicago since 2009. I've never been to their actual place, their brewery. But I saw some pictures of the Riverside Patio that they have, and it looks pretty good. Yep. Um, and they also they claim to make beer for the proletariat, so otherwise the working class individual. So uh-huh. they are blue collar
1: beer. Okay. So right. Not
0: bad. That's all I got on them. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So it's a good. I mean, it's a good mix of uh, you know of the you know the malt and the hops, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of a balance, right? So you get the, like a the, little bit of hoppiness in it, a little bit of like toasty. Yeah toastiness kind yeah. of to it,
0: you know. I get the hops, I definitely get the 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 maltiness if that's a word. Another word
1: for a copper lager is a vienna lager. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just spicy hoppy flavor. Yeah, a vienna lager really I guess they
0: range from copper to reddish brown in color. Uh the beer vienna, you know, vienna lagers are also characterized by malty aroma and slight malt sweetness
1: look at you kid
0: you've come a yeah. long way I've come a long way yeah <laughs> I can do research
1: <laughs> yeah I well, like uh, I did some uh, checked out so I think this is a good, a good description right uh, this is these, some beer advocate uh, feedback generally yeah. feedback's pretty positive from people um, but this is a good description I think of it it pours a nice head and has a gorgeous copper red color uh, it, one flavorful, smooth lager, um, balanced brew, bit of hoppy bite, and a developed multi body. Yeah. So I think that kind of sums it up. It does. Um, I'm trying to find how much
0: alcohol is in this, what the percentage is. Uh,
1: 5.8. Got it? 5.8, so not yep. too strong. With a 29 IBU, so not too bitter. <sighs> yeah, not bitter uh, at all. Also. And uh, score know, of
0: 85 on beeradvocate.com.
1: Yeah, I saw a lot of biscuity, a lot of biscuity. They do a lot of biscuity? That, there's that maltiness to it. No horse um, blanket, no, hor- <laughs> didn't see horse blanket, no. Um, but I did see this one, which I thought you know, probably will have again and pair it with a lunch sandwich. A lunch sandwich. A lunch sandwich. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what the, what makes you want to pair it with a turkey
0: club a or something. Lunch, yeah. <laughs> a lunch
1: sandwich. I was I, I like that description.
0: I'm not gonna lie, it's 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 one of my more favorite beers that we've had on the on the show. I really like it. And I'm surprised because it's a lager. I generally do not like lagers.
1: Well remember Michael. You do like loggers, because Corona, are, yeah, yeah, and Pacifico, exactly right. and Miller; those are all loggers. Right. But this is a traditional logger, copper <laughs> lager, Yeah. More flavor, right? Yeah. I mean, you could definitely tell them a little bit more bitter and more toasty than like a regular American mass-produced logger. Uh, yeah. Lager, right? Yeah, it's
0: definitely got the coppery red tones and whatnot. It's I'm a, telling you what I like the smell of it too which is kind of okay. shocking. I actually, I read too that somebody said with this, you want to pour this beer or open this beer and wait about five minutes before you drink it to let the, let the temperature come down a little bit. Yeah. Whether or not it's true, I don't know. I prefer colder beer, but.
1: I think we've learned though, that as a beer warms up, you, you get more flavor out of it, mm-hmm. right? Just, right. Just ourselves sitting here drinking beers like this. Yeah. That's what, that's what it seems to be, like More packs more of a punch Right, either for better for better or worse, uh, <laughs> yeah. as as it sits in your glass for a few minutes. Yeah, chocolate chocolate with beer doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I'm excited to be here today. We've got uh, you know release 2020 wave two coming out, and yeah. uh, some business central, other news, bunch of
0: stuff. Yeah, am um, gonna go over the company hub. And then uh, Ken's going to talk about email logging, which is a very popular feature of Business Central nowadays.
1: Yep, looking forward to it. So cheers to uh, another episode. Back for the Shot
0: at Business Central segment here on on our podcast. And uh, we've got a few Business Central news items that we're going to talk about. So the first one is that the update 16.5 from Microsoft Dynamics Business Central was released. It's basically five platform hotfixes, 41 application hotfixes, and one feature change. The feature change is probably the most important thing of it, I would say, uh, and that is the delete extension data. So on the extension management page, when you choose to uninstall an extension, the option now to uh, delete the extension data is also available. I guess this is the equivalent of an extension uninstall for on-premises with clean mode. That's what they're saying. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it does, so it just doesn't leave that data hanging out there. It's, yeah. uh, I don't think it hurts anything, or has. We haven't had it, seen any reports of where that causes any issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, why not just get rid of the data? If you're if you're uninstalling it for good, yeah. Right. And you're you don't want it in there anymore, uh, then you'd clear it with the data. Right. Yeah. It's just completely wipe it. Yeah.
0: Um, there is a deprecated features in Business Central webpage that was discovered Uh, this webpage shows the features that have been moved removed or replaced with an upcoming uh, new version and it also tells you why this has has been done we'll put a link in the show notes to this page so an example of this would probably be like I don't know the Windows client and why it was removed it'll it'll tell you what what the reasoning was behind it next up we have The retirement of Partner Source on October first, twenty twenty. So maybe we should play some, some sad music. Yeah, we're so, so upset by that. <laughs> Anytime Microsoft can remove a page without adding a page, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. a lot I mean, of
1: basically, they're just they've just transferred the, the functionality that was there for partners on Partner Source has been just transferred um, over into center. the Partner Center. Yeah. Right. Or the so,
0: partner source business center.
1: Yeah, so they've kinda of moved well the partner source business center actually site is it will remain.
0: That's gonna so remain, yes.
1: That'll remain the partner yeah, partner business center or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah, for, for ordering and license management. Yeah. That's gonna stay, but the, a lot most of the content, all the other content, right, from partner source just just effectively is moved. Right. Right.
0: right. So they're just getting rid of one, one one other page, which is a good thing since there's five hundred million. Alright, extended availability of Business Central on-premises version 14 for existing customers. So basically, Business Central on-premises has what is called the uh, N2 policy. Uh, And with the release of version 17 on October 1st, that would mean that a downgrade to version 14 would not be possible anymore. However, Microsoft has now announced that they're going to offer a one-time exception for existing customers that have an active enhancement plan and uh, want to downgrade to version 14 until October 31st, 2021,
1: Mm, which is a
0: good thing. I mean, I guess, you know, uh, Business Central version 14 is kind of the stepping stone
1: to, you know, all the other features or whatnot. Yep, it's the latest release that still has uh, the availability of objects and the Windows client, right?
0: Perfect, perfect. So we'll put the official link to that in the show notes too. Also came across a AppSource blog, which lists, I know I teased Ken with this earlier, but it lists all the new apps on AppSource, but it doesn't break it down by which product. But you at least can see within the last two weeks, there was 56 new apps. You can see which ones they are. And if you want to take the time clicking each one, you can find out which one is applicable to Business
1: Central. Yeah, no, I'll do that once I'm done stabbing my pencil. In <laughs>
0: Well, Halloween is coming. (laughs) Uh, Also, discovered how to change which production or sandbox environment opens up with uh, either the desktop app or the mobile app. This can be done uh, relatively easy. You're basically taking a URL code, pasting it into whichever browser that you're using on your mobile app or on your your desktop. Once you put this code in there and you you add your uh, uh, environment name, It'll ask you if you want to open this up in the app, and then going forward, every time you open the app, that, that environment will open up. So for me, it's great because I do a lot of testing and trying out things in the sandbox. So I can actually open up a sandbox environment on my mobile app or on the desktop app. And but that, the was, production that was
1: more difficult to do before?
0: Yeah, I had looked for it for the last year or so on how to do it. I never was able to do it and just found it now. Um, and the last bit of information that I have is you can now assign a Dynamics 365 admin role in Office 365 to particular any user that you want to allow them access to the Business Central admin center. Okay. So, Ken, what you got?
1: Uh, just a couple couple notes, and then I want to dive into a little bit of descriptions on some of the features on on 2020 Wave Two. Uh, the first thing is um, just if you, if you go out onto AppSource and you look at the apps. I think I, I noticed that there are currently 974 apps for Business Central out there. Uh, one, it's a big number, two or cat's kind of closing in on the 1,000app milestone. It is. So maybe maybe by next month we may pass that threshold of, of 1,000 yeah. It's, um, it's
0: going to be close. Uh, I'm trying to think if two years ago, or however long it's been, if I would have thought at this point we would have had 1,000 apps at this at this time. And uh, I would probably guess no, just because like with everything else, it's gonna start off a little slow. People have to figure out how to use yeah. it, how to do it, how to create apps and whatnot. Yeah. So it's great, it's showing long-term investment by not only Microsoft, but also by the consumer.
1: Yep, yep, so I, I, that is definitely a, a good number once they hit that thousand threshold. Um, the other, other note just um, next week is the uh, Business Central User Group uh, Community Summit I think it's called, and I just want to self plug here that um, I'm, I'm hosting a session next Friday, so that's October 9th, ten thirty a.m. Central, I believe it is, uh, and, and the session is called "Custom Business Central Reports in Five Minutes." Wow! Yes, way.
0: So it's possible. <laughs> clever,
1: clever title. Uh, and what we're actually what I'm actually going to be going through is. Highlighting the standard integration between Business Central and Power BI, and what some of the tools are that you can use to easily create your own reports in Power BI using Business Central data.
0: Very nice. So
1: that's, and it's a kind of an introductory level. I mean, if you're already building Power BI reports, you yeah. know, pulling BC data and stuff. Yeah you know, maybe spend your time elsewhere. But if you want to learn more about, okay, what comes out of the box, how does it work, what, you know, and how do I do this, um, definitely might want to uh, consider attending if you're registered for the conference next week.
0: Sounds like a great course. And Ken is always the one of the best presenters at all these anyway. I've talked to a bunch of Microsoft people who always have high regard for Ken's uh, sessions and, and the way he prepares and presents the information. So like Ken said, check it out. It, it's definitely
1: worth it. Thank you, Michael. I see my bribes and payoffs to Microsoft yeah, are working. You've hooked me on beer, too. <laughs> 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 All right. So in terms of uh, last thing, I, last kind of topic I want to get through, um, it's kind of a, a longer topic here, but but just to kind of go through is talk through some of the key features and changes that are coming out in October with 2020 Wave 2. Uh, as you mentioned, it's still in preview. None of these features are available yet in the production environment, and uh, you... Um, I even some of them, I, I don't even know that they're in the preview, right? Um, so, um, but and the first one is uh, Company Hub, and we're going to hold off on talking about that though, because that's going to be our, our feature spotlight. Okay. We're gonna, our apps. Featured app. Featured app yeah. is going to be uh, the Company Hub. A um, couple quick notes though. So they've added four additional countries uh, for availability for Business Central: Brazil, Ireland, Lithuania, and India. Wow. So four more uh, regional, um, you know, locations. Uh, they've Im- continued to improve the GP data migration tool. Uh, they added uh, bank checkbooks and open purchase orders. Wow. So those two sets of data are now part of that data migration plan. Um, I saw a bunch of general um, changes. It said like there are improvements to the to the. Um, the launch time of the roll Center page. Oh, so just opening so just the roll Center quicker. page faster. Um, better fact box responsiveness and page responsiveness. So I think what they're doing is kind of highlighting and focusing first the primary content of the page mm-hmm. and then the fact boxes, okay. which means that the users are going to be able to they don't have to wait for all the fact boxes to refresh let's say before yeah. they see the data on a list page and can click on something Nice. so just better performance and responsiveness changes to the action bar and how that works um, we'll have more details on that later uh, low vision user improvements so, low some, vision vi- user so improvements. if you you know nice. for so maybe um, it's going to increase magnifying of well, yeah like font size how yeah. font sizes and how icons react yeah, uh, and things like that. If you're using a large font,
0: nice uh, or
1: low resolution, high low resolution, high resolution, you know, yeah, bigger I, resolution, <laughs> bigger, bigger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, a couple other things. Uh, so, you mentioned accessing multiple production or sandbox environments from the mobile apps already, um, which is which is one of the things. Um, also, the ability to. Re- launch multiple report request pages and multiple previews at the same time so so you run a report and you can launch multiple previews of reports at the same time Hmm. I tested this in the preview I was able to run the same report multiple times and have multiple previews open Either, either it's not there or I was doing so I wasn't do, user error uh, because I, I, it just puts one on top of the other. Oh, really? So I had to close one to and see the there. other preview. The, all, the, all of them were still there, but I couldn't kind of put them side by side yeah. and view two at the same time. So I'm not sure if that, that might have been user error or, or it's not, not there yet. Um, Another thing for developers out there, uh, there uh, there's a new Business Central Performance Toolkit uh, that's available. And so what this allows you to do is if you're developing, maybe you're just developing a customization or you're developing an ISV or app solution, um, it is a new tool that allows you to compare the performance between different builds of your solution. To make sure that your your code changes don't negatively impact the performance hmm. uh, of Business Central. That's pretty nice. So yeah, so if you're considering, hey, what happens if we add this uh, extra field here and then change the sort yeah. of this report based on that? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a tool now, where so. you can kind of compare the two and see, you know, yeah, what nice. is the performance uh, impact of that. Um, another new thing is is. Um, the ability to do a point-in-time restore—we touched on this last month a little mm-hmm. bit—the fact that with Business Central Online, Microsoft is continuously making backups of, uh, of your of your database, right. right, of your environment, and there's this new feature that allows you basically, if something relatively catastrophic were to happen in terms of data, you've done some some something happens to the data you actually could go back pick any point within the last thirty days and wow. revert back to that point.
0: Nice. Um, I think there was a limit on it though, some some crazy well, number, some, like ten or something. Yeah, but yeah, but again, yeah. this is
1: a this is emergency right, you know, right, right. only pull in case of emergency yeah. type situation. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think it's something that people are gonna hopefully need very often at all. Um, but you also can then rename existing environments. Right? So if you're gonna you have a current environment that's your live environment, and you're going to restore. You might want to rename your your current one, and then restore with the original name on it. Right. Right. So there's you can rename existing environments and go to the point in time restore. Um, in terms of uh, the launch of the, some new features, um, there's a there's a page in Business Central now called Feature Management, and what Microsoft is going to start doing is, you know, when they launch new features with these major releases every spring and every fall, Um, instead of just auto-enabling all these features and then users come in one morning and there's new fields or new buttons and and new functionality, what they're going to do is for selected features, they're going to put them into this feature management. So you can see in this page what are the new features that are out. You can um, try them out. Actually, and then you can, when you're ready, enable that feature.
0: That's great.
1: And so, some features you just may not want enabled, mm-hmm. and other features you can enable them all right away, depending That's on great. how how aggressive you know you want to be with it. Um, so, I, I think it, you know basically the the objective there is to make these updates that are being auto applied less disruptive.
0: So, I, I missed it when you when you're saying are the are these features not enabled after the, the new release? comes on by default correct okay and then you have to choose to enable yep.
1: yeah and nice. it's not every feature it's it's yeah. selective features right. that it, it looks like that they believe people may or may not want to auto deploy right without first testing it yeah mm-hmm. uh, so right and right now the new version comes out then you once that new release comes out then you can make a copy of that environment into a sandbox. Oh, yeah. And in your sandbox, Try them enable those features and test them out. Make sure everything works well, then go into your production environment and, uh, and turn those on. Very nice. Yeah. Okay, a uh, couple more things. Uh, there's, a, there's a new feature called retention policies. Okay, what's that? Retention, fancy words. <laughs> um, so the retention policies, Uh, What it is, it's it's a a feature where you can set rules up on how long the system maintains certain types of log entries in the system. So um, now in order to activate this feature, you have to actually, there's an assisted setup wizard. Oh, really? So you you actually go into assisted setup and you will activate or run through the retention policies Mm -hmm. setup wizard. Um, and it's it's set up for things like um, change log entries, job queue log entries, report inbox entries. Again, it's, it's not you can't go in and select any data you want.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Microsoft, it looks like, is determining the types of entries mm-hmm. that will fit into this uh, right. feature. Um, but those are the types of entries that can abnormally grow your database. If you turn on the change log to track changes to different fields on tables, that table can grow like huge, okay. crazily, cl- crazily fast if you're tracking too much, right. right? So to keep your database size from growing too large, you can say, you know what? I only want to retain three months worth of change log entries. And, and so that's an example. You can do one month, three months, six months, a year. Yes. Um, you, you, know, you can pick and choose. Right now it looks like there's about five or six different, different types of entries. Uh, that that you can turn this on for, so I think that's going to help keep people from uh, from their databases growing uh, abnormally large. Um.
0: Sounds like Microsoft, though, over the past past couple of releases, especially the last last release, mm-hmm. is doing a lot to help people maintain their database size. Yeah. So I'm assuming that a lot of people are starting, you know, as as, as
1: they use it more and more, it's growing, growing, growing. Mm-hmm. So, Are you reading cool. off of my notes here, Michael? No, is that next? Because my next one was that there's new administrative access to your business central database size <laughs> and available capacity. So, <laughs> hey, from God's eyes to my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, so so yeah. So that that's a new feature. You can actually see how big your database is. Nice. Just just e- even if it's for nothing else just to know yeah right. right how big is this database um now uh you also can do some setups it's called field monitoring and i actually have to i, I misspoke earlier uh field monitoring is has the assisted setup wizard oh so the retention, the retention policy is just a page that you okay. open so you can just go to, go to your little search button, yeah. hit retention, and you can open the retention policies page and get to that. But the field monitoring is an assisted setup. And, and what this is, it's, it's, so you can define a list of, of high risk or business critical fields, and then, and then say, I want to track whenever someone has changed this field.
0: Oh, and does it create a log or something then of Right, It actually a notification.
1: Oh really? Uh, it's set, yeah, so, so you I can said, set up a notification. business. Yep. <laughs> so examples of that might be um, your posting groups, mm-hmm. right? Your different GL accounts on your yeah. posting groups. Um, someone turning on the adjust adjust cost process, right?
0: Now do you know if Microsoft is limiting this to certain things as well, or can you pick
1: anything you want? That uh, unfortunately, I don't know. I, uh, it was not in the not preview. In notes yet, okay. so I, I tried to run it, it uh, wasn't out available. A um, couple like feature access uh, things that people, you know, if anyone who's, who, who's done these things might like to hear this, um, there's a function, if you're running manufacturing and you have multiple level bill of materials, yeah. there's a function called calculate low level code, okay. which kind of defines the structures and levels of your bill of materials behind the scenes so that it can cost uh, correctly. Uh, that was a function that's always existed, but it was running slowly. So they improved the performance of that. That, that may not affect that many people, but if you're one of those people that it affected. Yeah, you're you gonna know, love it. Y- you would know. Um, and then for items, so service and non-inventory type items, you now can set a default unit cost. Um, oh. So example of that might be if you have, let's say you add a service charge to an invoice or a freight charge to an invoice. Uh, and you're, always, you're just going to charge customers a flat fee of $25 for shipping. You could then plug in, let's say, $15 or $20 as a default unit cost that gets transferred to your sales invoice lines. Yeah. And, and that way, you kind of have more of a more re- a reasonable uh, profitability calculation yeah. uh, on your orders and invoices. Um, so, relative, kind of a smaller feature, but I think uh, you know could have a big impact if you're if you're using a lot of non-inventory mm-hmm. or, or services. Makes items. life easier, yeah. And then, last but not least, is uh, integration with Microsoft Teams. I wish I big could. One. I wish I could share some more details with you. Uh, alas, not much available currently on that.
0: Kind of like our beers brewery. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much out they, there. They got that page,
1: Yeah, that feature page got put together by Metropolitan. <laughs> uh, so,
0: Oct- I, Correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you know. October 1st is when they start rolling out the release wave 2 to customers?
1: Officially, it's October 1st. Um, well, right, but it could take. We've been time. seeing generally it's like the 15th to the 25th of October yeah. uh, of the month, right, when we see these updates. Right. So updates generally, it's like they come out around the 20th, mm-hmm. 15th to the 20th usually yeah. of the month. So, you know, we'll look for it every day, um, but I, I'm anticipating it's going to be the second half of October. Yeah. Um, and that, even then it's most, it's most features that will be released in October. Mm-hmm. And then there are some, just be aware, that, they, that, that may not actually be deployed until uh, future months. Probably
0: like the Microsoft Teams one. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Well, all right then. So next up we've got what? We're going to talk about the Company Hub app that is uh, coming with the release wave to Business Central. Yes, sir. All right. Looking forward to it. Back with the featured app segment for a shot of Business Central and a beer. And this month we're going to be talking about... uh, it's an app, an extension, whatever you want to really call it, but it's 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 put forth out there by Microsoft, so it's not something you have to go to App AppSource and download. It comes with the new release wave uh, that's coming up here in October, and it is the Business Central Company Hub. I, for one, like it better than the Accounting Hub or Accountants Hub that, that was out there before. I like it because uh, anybody who, who really deals with multiple companies, multiple business central environments, or tenants can go in and have one spot where they're able to access all the different tenants, all the different environments, see some KPIs, check some errors, see if you have any tasks that need to be taken care of for that individual company. And you can just select whatever company it is and open up that environment right from there. It also can be used for partners, which we just found out earlier. Um, So if you're a partner and you're supporting a bunch of different Business Central customers, you can have your own company hub and have your list of customers right there and be able to access that environment quickly. The only thing that we noticed so far is that your login has to pretty much be the same throughout uh, all the different companies. So if you're accessing these companies through partner source, you shouldn't have an issue with it. Yeah, I think
1: it it, it seems like if you've (coughs) If you if you're supporting a customer if you're a partner uh you log into their environment once through csp through the csp portal mm-hmm. that auto creates the, that user's record mm-hmm. in their tenant in their environment and so then you can then after that you could set up that company hub right. right so
0: as long as you're logging in your business central with the same login as correct you're using yep. to access you, you yep. should be okay um I mean, it's got a lot of good features. You can see like, the cash accounts balance, overdue purchase invoice, overdue sales invoice amount, and and things like that. And as we mentioned before, it's pretty easy to keep track of your your tasks. Uh, one thing with uh, the in relation to the tasks, when you're looking at the tasks, you have the you know the open and edit uh, in Excel uh, option. I was not able to get the edit in Excel feature to work just to see what was what it was going to do, but. You know, you can also check and delete the errors. Um, setup, pretty simple, can be completed in less than 10 steps. Uh, you're basically just copying the link from, um, you know, the business central environment that you want, adding it to the company hub and
1: yep. testing it. And You test the connection so it yep. can verify that you can connect okay, and then it automatically builds all of the companies in that tenant into the list of companies on the company hub mm-hmm. and then from there you could delete one if you don't want it yeah so
0: pr- pretty quick pretty pretty simple the only thing that might have a couple more steps involved which we haven't had the the option to test yet is if you're trying to access a tenant that is not within your company i guess you would say it right if if you're trying let's say you're an account and you have multiple right multiple Different customers, customers yeah. you might have to add your login to azure we don't know because we haven't tested with the yeah. The extended or the uh, you know the accountants license that you can add to it so
1: right yep but I, I yeah I mean it's it, so I it, I created a, a preview environment for 2020 wave 2 and it, it automatically installed and enabled the company hub extension right. which is why I was actually confused earlier we were talking about <laughs> the uh, the feature spotlight segment of, of company hub and and then you corrected me to say this is the app Spot, you know featured yeah. app of the month and uh, because I, I just assumed it was a new feature. But it seems like it. It actually is an app that is developed by Microsoft so you can uninstall it if you don't want it available yeah. for people. But I would go so far as to say that the accountant hub that was there, I mean, I read about it and knew what the capabilities were and how it worked. I never used it. But I see myself using this company hub all the time, yeah. Uh, whether it's for managing our, our like all my like within one tenant, I've got a production environment, and then two sandbox environments, and each of those has two or three companies in it. Mm-hmm. So what this company hub page does, I save this as a favorite in my browser. I go right to that home page, and I have one-click access to all those environments. So you know, it, it isn't earth. Shattering. Um, but on a daily basis, because I do access the, the production environment and sandboxes all the time, it is going to – I'm definitely going to use it. Yeah, it's and definitely going to save you more time. time,
0: yeah. Yeah. It yeah. yeah, will let you become more productive. Uh, it's probably not for the smaller companies that don't have multiple companies set up in their in their business central tenant, you know. Yeah. But,
1: but I think going forward, um, you know, it, it will be useful because um, – you know, more people I think will will begin taking advantage of the sandboxes. Right. Uh, even next release, they're going to start adding some more features and functionality to how you can use the sandboxes. So I think um, I think that is going to be something that we'll see people using. So uh, again, maybe not something people use every day, but I would definitely set it up, save it as a shortcut mm-hmm. that I can quickly access, and then use that as a as an easy, quick way instead of having to go into the admin center. Uh, to get to those sandboxes or other even other companies if I want to you know instead of going up to my settings changing my company I can just click on the company I want to connect to and open it
0: yeah yeah exactly if you're ac- accessing more than one one environment I-, I would always use the company hub going forward as, as basically like you said earlier your homepage. page yeah. just because it's simpler it's easier and it's quicker so yeah. but yeah that's uh, that's about it we'll include a link In the show notes too to the blog post that that walks you through the eight or nine steps to set up the the company hub. It's really simple, so.
1: Yeah, there's also, I saw a couple other, you mentioned user uh, user tasks, you can Mm -hmm. see how many user tasks are out there or past due uh, user tasks for your ID, right? Yeah. For for yourself. You can actually mark it complete or whatnot from the actual company hub. And then you pointed this out, I missed this feature, there's a, a, you can access to and see if any errors uh, have been reported within any of these companies yeah. and see those different errors. Um, so.
0: so, yeah, with errors, you can view the error details. You can obviously open it, edit them in Excel. And you also have the ability to delete entries that are older than seven days from the error, error page. You can, you can delete all the entries if you want to. Yep. So.
1: Overall, I give it a thumbs up.
0: So do I. Nice. And with that, we're going to come back with... Uh, Ken's going to talk about the email logging feature
1: that is in Business Central. All right, welcome back everyone. Uh, In the feature spotlight today, we're gonna be talking about a very underutilized feature within Business Central called email logging. So what is email logging? Well, a lot of times when you're using Business Central, right? Now, you, and you're using Office 365. So that's one of the keys is if you're using Office 365 and you're using Business Central, um, you can easily track all of those emails that take place between your contacts and your salespeople within Business Central. So what happens is, so let's say you're, you, know, you have your company, you have a, you have a customer, and you have a contact setup. Let's call him Joe Schmo at customer.com. And I'm Ken, I'm the salesperson at Cronus USA. Once you've enabled uh, email logging, any email correspondence either from Joe Schmo at customer.com or that comes inbound or outbound from Ken. At to one of the contacts automatically gets logged by the email logging as an interaction entry in business central
0: did you say
1: any and basically all emails get logged between between, between a contact and a salesperson in your wow. company so um Right. So, so, and that's and you know. So, if you think about if you've ever used uh, Dynamics three sixty five for sales, one of the most popular features is the email tracking feature, right? Where you can click on an email and say I want to track this, and then say I want to track all emails between myself and this person, right? Yeah. Email logging in Business Central is effectively the same thing, except it automatically tracks all of the emails for you. And how where it tracks it is if you go to the contact card, you have what are called interaction log entries. Mm-hmm. And an interaction is any communication you know between your your organization and that that contact. That could be you sent them an order confirmation or you shipped sent them a shipment or an invoice or right any of those things. It also could be that you rec- manually recorded an interaction as a phone call, so you call them, but it's also these emails. And it's a big part, right? It's, yeah, and, and so um, what happens is, it automatically creates these. So now, once you've set this up, it, these emails are managed, the, there's actually behind the scenes in Office 365, uh, in the Exchange Admin Center, uh, it, it creates folders. And then there's a code unit in Business Central that looks in these folders to see if there's any emails that have to get you know, handled, mm-hmm. and it then creates the interactions for it. So what you would do is you'd set that, that, that email login code unit up on your job queue. I've got mine set up in my, my test environment to run every minute. Wow. So every minute it checks those exchange folders, those, doc, those uh, yeah. email logging queue folders to see if there's any emails that have to get picked up.
0: I wonder if they would uh, inhibit some performance though if, if there's high volume with every well, minute.
1: Every minute, right, yeah. yeah. So maybe, yeah, you know, and do you need that every minute? No, probably I mean, not, yeah. every five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes right. probably is, is, is acceptable. So, and the greatest thing is that, again, they're, they're automatically logged. And then other people can can view those emails. So now, let's say I had a course, I've had email communications on the salesperson with this customer. Now I'm out sick. Someone else has to fill in for me tomorrow and they want to see what we've been talking about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They could go to that contact card, pull up the interaction history. Yeah. They will see a record for each inbound or outbound email click on, uh, the, it's called the attachment, mm-hmm. it'll say attachment yes. You click on that and in a separate window, it launches Office 365 and shows you that full email. Very nice. Including any documents that are attached yeah. within the email.
0: So that's really great if, like you said, somebody's out sick and they want to go back and, you know, your prospect says, oh, they quoted me 400 or whatever, right. you know, you can go back and actually check and make sure that that's what it was quoted or whatnot. Yeah. Very nice. Yep.
1: So it, it's it's really neat. There's a there's about there's a actually a, you know there's a five minute video um, available that actually walks you through the steps for setting this up. There's an assisted setup wizard that you mm-hmm. run called Setup Email Logging, mm-hmm. and um, now you, you have to have whoever is set up at the customer as their admin. Has to be the person who sets this up because you need the admin privileges to set up the Office 365. So the global folders. admin Folder Office
0: 365. I got you. Correct.
1: Right. So it has to be your Office 365. It has to be your admin uh, user. Yeah. But your admin user just logs into Business Central. We've walked multiple part customers through this now yeah. on how to do this. But it's very easy. You log in. You hit a couple prompts. You enter your log, your use, your um, email address, mm-hmm. and your password. There's a test connection, right. validate connection function you can run that makes sure that everything is set up correctly. Explains how to go set up that, that code unit mm-hmm. on the job queue and set the frequency. And then you test a couple emails.
0: Now, is it safe to say that you should, set up the, you should run through the assisted setup for emailing in Business Central first before you do this? Just to create the, the connection? Or is it, do you think uh, it matters? It's
1: separate yeah I think that that's a separate right uh, separate, piece. Yeah. but
0: do you have to do that first
1: uh, I've, you know, I've, I've not found that you have to okay. no uh, now you know keep in mind it, it, it's it's uh it's logging all emails between right all your anyone who's a contact mm-hmm. and anyone who's set up as a salesperson or purchaser right um, but who's to say who is a salesperson or purchaser within your organization right. so if you have fifteen users Technically, you could set up all fifteen users as sales as a salesperson or purchaser record, and so you so you're now going to track any emails from any contact to any person at your organization. Right? Nice. It doesn't. It's not just a salesperson. Yeah. It could be anyone. Um, right. Um, but, but but that's what determines uh, which ones it's tracking. So. You know, we've, we've uh, again, the admin, you need to be the admin to set it up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something your partner really can do for you because yeah. you have to enter your password in there unless you want to be handing out your password for Office 365 right. yeah. to people. Um, but it, but it, it's very quick. It's very easy to use. And I think if you if you combine just the standard contact tracking features with email logging, right, and then maybe look at, Maybe some basic opportunity tracking. I think what you find is that at that point, Business Central provides you with all of the CRM functionality your organization might need. Yeah. Right. When you think about oh, what what are you really using within your CRM system? Mm -hmm. Right. Your contact tracking, looking up history, looking up quote, doing quotes and orders and um, interactions and setting up to dos all of those things are available in business central now with office 365 including email tracking that now becomes available to to any one of your business central users
0: yeah i'll tell you what what i really liked about it was that when you when you're looking at the the logging of the emails or whatnot i I like how you once you decide to access that email it's basically it's well it's not basically it's seamlessly integrated with office 365 to where it launches it and you can you know, you can respond to the email, you can, you know, check the attachments, reply, you know, forward, whatever you want, right from,
1: right from there. So it's, it's, it's definitely a a nice feature. I liked it. I like that little drop in there, Michael, mainly because it allowed me to, um, take, pop open another Dynamo Copper Lager and, uh, have another drink here, so. Is it, is it time, is it time to rate these? (laughs) (laughs) I think it might be, yeah, um, I you know what what you 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 selected it let's right. you go ahead and do the honors first okay so
0: I like it I like it a lot I like the smell of it I actually like the look of it the taste of it I'm going to give this a high rating for me of 32 no I'm just kidding we're going to go we're going to go with I'm going to go to about 94 really high rating for that me. is yeah. especially for a lager you do you love it yeah
1: it's it's really good So, uh, again, not not just a rating it for a logger, but just over my overall, you know, enjoyment on it. I'm gonna go 84. Oh, so I like it. It's good. Uh, It's I I wouldn't, you know, your wheelhouse. Yeah, again, you know, if I'm looking at a a pilsner or an IPA or a stout or something, I'm I'm, the the copper logger is probably gonna be fourth or fifth on that list yeah. of types of beers I'd get. But I think for what it is, it is very good.
0: Yeah. See, the issues I have with, with the rating is if I had this beer and it was 95 degrees outside, I say this a lot, and I'm drinking this beer, am I going to rate it 94? Probably not. Right. It's going to drop significantly. Yeah. So kind of I like. get influenced
1: by the environment a lot. <laughs> yeah. As, as you should. Right? That's <laughs> that's part of it, right? You got to – Right. There's a time for everything, right? Yeah, completely. So, so yeah. So I think uh, just to kind of wrap up the the email logging uh, segment um, again. So just to kind of recap it, if you are using Office 365 and Business Central, there's an assisted setup wizard that you can use to quickly get this feature set up and deployed. Um, and, and I think there's a huge amount of benefits. Uh, it's currently, I'm seeing a, a huge lack of utilization of this feature, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of our customers uh, should be taking, a lot of people should be taking advantage of it.
0: Yeah, completely agree. So with that, that brings us to another wrap up of another episode of A Shot at Business Central and a Beer. Ken, it's been a blast. Um, next time on the, on the on the show, we're probably going to be able to talk about the release and
1: you know and it's what's how Microsoft Teams integrates with yes, inter- business session. Well, let's hope,
0: fingers crossed. Let's hope, let's hope, because <laughs> the capabilities or you know the possibilities there can be endless. But with that, um, we're going to say goodbye and check it all out and share it.
1: Yep. Thanks for uh, grabbing the beer, and I'm going to look forward to uh, getting together again in another month or so.